the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show on this Friday. It's already Friday. Life goes by by the week, as you know my theory. I'm, I'm silent because it's, it's one of those moments, and I have them periodically, where I have to control myself. And I, I'm being very open with you, because what I want to say would not be permitted on free radio. It would be permitted. And I still wouldn't say it, because it's not my nature to speak that way aloud, but nevertheless... Mothers or egg producers from National Review. Egg producers. Top HHS official Rachel Levine praises clinic for gender-affirming language. This is all because of Joe Biden. It's very important that that be understood, but it doesn't matter. He's a Democrat. And therefore, it's a non-issue. Rachel Levine, a transgender woman, and Joe Biden's Assistant Secretary of Health, the Assistant Secretary of Health, is Rachel Levine, a man who says he is a woman, and we honor by saying transgender woman. I don't believe that you can change your sex any more than you can change your species or your race. Nevertheless, that is what we have to believe today. She's the Assistant Secretary of Health visited what Levine called an inspiring Alaska gender clinic that refers to mothers as egg producers. Wow. The New York Times supports this. I don't know of a university in the country outside of a Hillsdale or a handful of Christian colleges, and only a handful of Christian colleges, the number of so-called Christian colleges that are woke. Woke meaning the destroyers of Western civilization. That's what woke means. You are destroying civilization if you cease to use the term mother 
and say, egg producer. Identity Alaska is an Anchorage nonprofit and healthcare clinic that aims to, quote, advance Alaska's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, asexual, two-spirited, plus community. You know what two-spirited is? I know this because 25 years ago, I wrote a 17,000-word essay on homosexuality and the Bible, a rewritten and updated version of that will enter my Leviticus commentary, the fifth of of the five books, when it comes out. God willing, in two years, I'm finishing the book of Numbers. The Hebrew name for the book is much sexier, In the Wilderness. It's a little more exciting than Numbers. Which reminds me, many, many more of you got my my Genesis and Exodus, then my Deuteronomy volume. And I, I, I think I understand why Genesis and Exodus have such immediate appeal. But if you found those meaningful, there is as much meaningful commentary and explanation of the biblical text in the Deuteronomy book that I wrote of the Rational Bible as in Genesis and Exodus. And I ask you to please get it, and if you can give it as a gift... That's also great. This is the most important work, I believe, that I've ever done. My Bible commentary, the Rational Bible, and Deuteronomy is the latest volume to come out, the fifth of the five books. Thank you. Levine thanked the... Oh, so Two-Spirit. Yeah, I was explaining Two-Spirited. Native Americans, some of the tribes or nations, if you will, in the in North America, did in fact affirm people of both sexes. In other words, people who who would identify as two spirits, male and female. I'm not sure that that is a an idea that we wish to emulate civilization that did, that did make a division between male and female seems to have advanced further. But you're not allowed to say that Western civilization advanced further than indigenous people's civilization, which almost in no case had an alphabet. It's called white supremacy, as if it has anything to do with color. When you cannot say that a culture is, is better, then that means that there is no better culture. That is an obvious statement. It's, it's almost silly to say. But is that true? No culture is better? A culture, everybody knows that a liberal democracy is superior culture to fascism or Nazism or communism. Well, not communism. The left would not would not go so far as to say that. Liberals would. Levine visits many gender clinics and often lauds gender-affirming care as life-saving. The health official has promised that medical transitions for minors has the Biden administration's full support. And yet, people so hate Donald Trump that they will they would vote to ruin children's lives, ruin language ruin the human condition rather than have Donald Trump or, and let's be honest, pretty much any Republican 
What was I reading yesterday? Mm, I read a lot, so I don't remember the source. Where the author was noting that George W. Bush was hated virtually as much as Donald Trump. Who, what Republican doesn't the left hate? Mitt Romney? That may, be, that may well be so. But there are very few. You, the children that you serve, the young people that you serve, their families, and you all have support at the highest levels of the federal government. Levine said at an event in March, President Biden supports you. I, as the Assistant Secretary of Health, will support you. And I talk about this topic everywhere I go to get the word out. That's what Rachel Levine does. Correct. Talk about this everywhere. You know how demeaning that is to refer to women in in this way? Egg producers? Egg producers. And you know what your Democrat voting relative would say if you said to him or her that this is what the Biden administration supports, renaming mothers egg producers? They'd say, ah, that's ridiculous. Okay, so that's silly. And that's it. That's silly. What threatens the civilization is Donald Trump. Not renaming mothers. Egg egg, uh, producers. Identity Alaska publishes resources that recommend replacing the word mother with egg producer or carrier. Egg carrier. Is it egg carrier? Or just carrier? That's got to be egg carrier because it's not carrier of a baby because men can carry babies, so it's got to be egg. The terms gestational parent or birth parent are also good words to de-gender language the clinic mentions. Gestational parent. GP. Just just say GP. Are you the GP? Much of the clinic's guidance comes from Gender Inclusive Biology, a curriculum guide that seeks to adapt existing language and existing biology to grow a gender-inclusive curriculum. Gender-inclusive. So you have your choice. Is this the greater threat? What's done being done to children and the rewording of language to de-gender a mother? Or Donald Trump? Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcasts square, and use the promo code Prager. 
There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-3602 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code PRAGER. Whenever I'm down, I call on you, my friend. A helping hand you lend in my time of need. If you vote Democrat, you're voting to hurt the country. Of course, Democrats say if you vote Republican, you vote to hurt the country. So I'd like to know what is equivalent just in the realm of the damage to children and to the whole concept of there being a man and a woman on earth. Egg, egg producers? Do you really want mothers reduced to egg producer? You know what's interesting? We wouldn't do it with an animal. Right? You, you, you would even say, with, with uh, he would say, oh, look here at the zoo, there's this gorilla. That, that's his mother over there, and that, uh, there's the father. You wouldn't say there's the egg producer, and there's the sperm producer. Who would think you're out of your mind. But you can do that to human beings. Because Rachel Levine is a lost soul, a man till the age of 53, and then divorced his wife. Imagine how his children think, or her children, his, her. I'll do that. At 53, that is a woman. Is there even an eensy, teensy, beensy bit of selfishness there? Is there anyone who is aware of Rachel Levine, who immediately thinks, oh, this is a woman. It's not to insult Rachel Levine. It's, it's, I, I can't be asked to play with language like the left is asking me. Rachel Levine, the sperm producer. Nobody talks about the effect on, on the on the why imagine you're you're a woman. They divorced. That's it's a shock, isn't it? He was confirmed by the Senate in twenty twenty one and then named one of USA Today's Women of the Year in twenty twenty two. The people at USA don't believe that this is a woman. They believe that this is a vehicle to destroy Western civilization as we have known it. This is one of the key components of our civilization. That God created the human being male and female. And as I have pointed out on a thousand occasions, only secular people say men give birth. For those of you who don't think God and the Bible are necessary, just thought you might want to reflect on that. The people who think they're both unnecessary are, are the most unlikely to say father or mother. Here's another Democratic story, Democratic Party story on this issue. When 
something I have never believed and believe less now than ever? Republicans in North Carolina overturned a series of last-ditch vetoes from Democratic Governor Roy Cooper to enact a sweeping overhaul of state laws governing gender reassignment procedures for minors. Does Republican or Democrat matter in North Carolina? My dear friends, under the newly passed legislation, medical practitioners in the state will no longer be allowed to administer puberty blockers, hormone therapies, or conduct surgical interventions on minors apart from those who began such treatments before August 1st. Moreover, all state funding for such procedures will be blocked. I assure you that if every kid, every girl at 8 or 10 or 12, and I'm not stopping there, just start there, who went to a therapist and said, I'm a boy. And the therapist said, you, you have issues, and I would love to try to help you. You are not a boy. If every single therapist told the truth and didn't screw around with kids, my anger at these therapists is so deep, so deep. If everyone said, I'm sorry, if you don't want to see me anymore because I won't live the lie that you are a boy, I will help you because there are other issues in your life and you think that ruining your future with these hormones, with these hormone blockers and and God forbid surgery will help you. I will not I will not go along with that. My oath as a therapist is to help you, not go along with self-hurt. If everyone said that, overwhelmingly, we would not have the horror that we now have. But instead, there is a percentage of therapists that say, oh, of course you're a boy. Let's get you started on hormone blockers. You don't think it would be fair to a child who says that she is a a boy or he is a girl to see a video of, um, and there are so many of them, of a detransitioner, of a young person who believes that it was the worst possible decision he or she could make, who regrets the day a therapist went along with the charade is that not a fair thing to do to a child? Let them hear from someone who did what they're thinking of doing? People ask you why you vote Republican just raise the transgender issue. The mutilation of children is a policy of the Democratic Party. The destruction of the notion that humans are male or female is a Democratic Party position. 
If you don't understand how serious that is, please know they do. They do. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. There is a civilization that developed and that elevated the human condition. The individual became sacred. That gradually outlawed almost all of the horrific practices of of the world like slavery. And undoing it is to usher in a world of such darkness as to be inconceivable to people. But for those who believe that there's no culture better than another, in fact, the West may be worse in their perverted view of life. This is not an issue. It has nothing to do with the fact that PragerU is fundraising month that I am bringing to you news about PragerU. It's a national issue at this time, truly national. The only, I can't think of a major newspaper, news outlet, or medium, or media site that has not attacked PragerU in the last month because the state of Florida has announced that it will allow PragerU videos in classrooms. It doesn't mandate it. You don't have to show it. They hate us because we're so effective. They acknowledge it. So they lie about us. We've put out, let's see, 605 minute and I don't know how many hours of children's work as well. And it's very effective. It's wholesome. It doesn't teach that America stinks. They hate, that's what they most hate. That we don't teach that America stinks. The left is sick. But the left is the New York Times and Washington Post and NBC and ABC, CBS, NPR, PBS, and your universities and Vanity Fair, and and of course the official left-wing places. Vanity Fair is the latest. PragerU coming to a public school near you? Question mark. Not an accredited teaching institution like that matters. What does it mean, an accredited teaching institution? You must be accredited to teach? Do you have to be accredited to publish a newspaper? Is the New York Times accredited? What does it mean? Was Aristotle accredited? Was Maimonides accredited? I I, I don't even understand why that it disqualifies you. Of course it doesn't disqualify you. It disqualifies PragerU, even though we announce it on every page of PragerU's material on the Internet. We're not accredited. That's correct. We're proud of it. Because with accreditation comes sick, 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 sick stuff at your local university where there's a very good chance, and it has been for decades, that your child will come out a worse human being, less kind, less intellectual, less knowledgeable, less decent as a result of the accredited institution your child went to. Okay, not an accredited teaching institution. PragerU just saw the right-wing curriculum approved, its right-wing curriculum approved for use in in, in Florida. 
Two other states are considering the same, which one historian sees as a way, quote, to replace American history with propaganda and indoctrination. For the, for the left to accuse us of indoctrination and propaganda? For the left to do that? The people who teach kids that there's no such thing as male and female, it's subjective? Who teach kids that America is systemically racist? That race is a, an important factor in human life? That, whether, if, that all whites are racist and they are accusing us of indoctrination? <laughs> Anything that opposes the left is indoctrination. It's a big article in Vanity Fair. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream bed sheets. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcasts Square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-3602 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. Hey, I thought... Here we go. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. Yes, it is. Hey, everybody. The happiness hour every week, every Friday, the second hour, come hell or high water. Floods. Lice. Smiting of the firstborn. We still have a happiness hour because the happy make the world better and the unhappy make it worse. That's why we have the happy, happy, happy hour. That's why we have the happy, happy hour. Eh, pretty good today, eh? Those are the original lyrics, by the way. Just thought you should know. Here's looking at you, Mike. (laughs) You're all wondering. Mike knows who I'm thinking about. I have a topic today that I have never, since 1999... Brought to your attention on the Happiness Hour. It's not even a subject in my happiness book. Happiness is a serious problem. But I have become aware of an affliction that really prevents a lot of people from being happier. It is the opposite of the problem of people who think too highly of themselves. The people who are filled with self-esteem for no good reason, which I have addressed on a number of occasions, I don't think on the happiness hour, but elsewhere. 
But there are a lot of people who are afflicted with lower self-esteem than they should have. How do you like that, Sean? Never, never address this issue. Isn't that interesting? I, I don't know which is more prevalent, the, the people who think too highly of themselves or the people who don't think well enough of themselves that they deserve. I don't know which group is larger. It doesn't matter. They're both large. It's very interesting how difficult it is for people to have a realistic view of themselves. Wonder why that is. I don't know. So, Sean in my earphones said social media are certainly not helping. You mean they're they're lowering a lot of young people's self-esteem cuz they they see images of you know greater achievement uh, and pe- people project you know per- yes they pr- yes that's, that's well that was my point people project the perfect family life the perfect body the the perfect everything is that right is that what you're referring to yeah i guess i guess and right i'm let's clear Well, I would I would only argue I agree with that one hundred percent, not even ninety nine point six percent, one hundred. But I, of course, as everyone knows, this problem of not knowing your worth predates social media by about four thousand years. But it's been exponentially exas- exacerbated, he says. You're, I'm sure you're right. I'm, I'm not particularly privy to it. So I'll give you a number of examples, and then I'd obviously like to hear from you. If, if this is an issue for you or your spouse or your children or, or whomever, so I am privy to a number of people's lives. There are, if you're in my life, you open up. This is because I open up. I open up on the air, as, as Joel Alperson has said on a number of occasions, something to the effect that you know, I, say, I say more things openly about myself to millions of people than most people do to friends. <laughs> He's also said, Dennis has more fun in an elevator than most people do in an entire day. <laughs> he has a lot of accurate assessments of my life. He is the producer. I am the writer. He is the producer of the Rational Bible. He is really devoted a decade of his life to making it possible called the Alperson edition for that reason. So people open up to me and here are some examples that I have that I I have to believe are pretty common 
So a number of people in my life who, who do great work and they're just hard on themselves. Now, to, you see, hard on yourself is a very interesting phrase. Hard on yourself is a good thing. But irrationally hard in your assessment of yourself is not a good thing. I'm a big fan of reason. That's why I called my Bible commentary the Rational Bible. It's a very hard thing to make a good world. You need God and reason. God without reason is fanaticism, and reason without God is chaos. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. By the way, I do smoke a pipe, and I have put it in my pipe, and I have smoked it. It's quite a combination, reason and God, along with uh, Burley and Virginia tobacco. It's delicious. So hard on yourself, for example, if you work out, you're hard on yourself, Right? That, that's not what we mean by, it's not what I'm talking about, not what we mean when I'm saying people are overly hard on themselves. They're overly hard in their assessment of themselves. It's a Wonderful Life is, is one of the greatest movies ever made because in the large largest sense of the word, that's what it is about. Do you understand the, the good that you have done with your life? By the way, a lot of people have not, just for the record. It's fascinating that so many of the people who have done, who have a net negative on the planet, on society, think they're terrific. This is truly a double-edged problem, not for the same people, but it is a problem in both directions. The people who think too highly of themselves and the people who don't think highly enough about themselves. They they can't appreciate their worth. I don't know what stops them. Is, is it, I have a theory on this. So one thing that stops them is upbringing. They may have been so put down by their parents or even older siblings that they cannot believe that they are not that awful. The other is nature. Never, ever, ever, ever minimize the power of your own nature. I'm not talking about human nature. I'm talking about your nature. Some people just have a nature of, of self-criticism that is relentless. It's great to be self-critical. Great. not when it exceeds the bounds of reality. One obvious example is a lot of women and, and their looks. A lot of attractive women, including young women, don't, be, don't believe they're attractive. And if you tell them they are, they think you're being kind. They don't think you're being accurate. There's, a, there's an old uh, cartoon of a husband and wife, how each of them sees themselves in the mirror. Husband looks at the mirror and he sees a bodybuilder. The woman who's really 
perfectly put together, looks and sees just a whole series of flaws. That's that's why the the answer to this is is to be real. And the power of emotions is such, and the power of psychology is such, that it's hard for people to be real, to have a realistic view of themselves. Their worth, on the one hand, if they, they just put themselves down and the, in the other direction, if they think that God's gift to humanity. 1-8 Prager 776. Hey there, everybody. Dennis Prager, the Happiness Hour. And I am surrounded by utterly despondent people. It's a tough hour to do. I have to deal with Sean, who spends a good part of, of the show every day weeping. I look at him and I think, how, how can I go on? But we do. We prevail here. Happiness hour is so important. Happiness is the key, a key, maybe the key. Because you can't be happy if you're not grateful, and grateful people are also good people. As I have said repeatedly, in American universities, you get a BA in ingratitude, you get a master's in ingratitude, and you get a doctorate in ingratitude. The luckiest people in the world live in countries like the United States. And all they do is crap on the country. It's a sick crowd. All right. Today, my subject is people who think too lowly of themselves. Either because it's their nature, which is, I believe, a factor in many cases or because it has been induced, or both, but been induced by, let's say, parents who put who put the uh, put them down, and they have carried it through their lives. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see what you have to say, Wheaton, Illinois. Tom, hello. Dennis, what a privilege. Thank you. Uh, I love you so much. Mm, and uh, Thank you. Almost every topic that you talk about on your wonderful show flows out of this this dynamic. Good. Um, having been the most fully loved and appropriately loved person, I think, on the planet, okay, maybe other than you, um, I, it's easy to recognize those who are love-starved. And uh, when... They grow not able to recognize their their true, accurate, God-breathed significance. Uh, it's hard for them to do significant things, and it's hard for them to see others as significant. So uh, a lot of it happens in the early years, you know, and uh, I, for, for reasons we don't need to get into. I, I was just so beautifully loved by my mom, especially my mom, but also my dad and, and uh, so many others. So, um, so I appreciate you you talking about this. And if there was a wand I could wave that would 
help everyone understand their just incredible significance, I, I would. But it's kind of one person at a time. Yep. Thank you. So I have a few comments. First, and this is meant with not, not only no disrespect, but not, not, not vis-a-vis my caller, but actually I have immense gratitude. I was not particularly loved as a kid. Uh, and I only say it because I don't want people to imagine this idyllic life that I, I led and that that's why I am who I am, and etc. I was quite unhappy till the age of 14, as it happens, with some islands of happiness. Uh, but uh, I was I was certainly not abused in any in any way. I mean, God forbid anybody should even think that. My parents were wrapped uh, up in each other in terms of emotional expression, uh, and I I was not the recipient uh, of that love. I was recipient of stability. I was the recipient of moral guidance. And that's a big deal, stability and moral guidance. I think what has happened, the the call makes me think about this. Since a lot of people feel that they were were love-starved, as he put it, what they decided to do is to love flood their children. And the... What we have today is a staggering number of spoiled uh, people. We have it since my generation, the baby boomers, recipients uh, of a lot of love in many cases. And then they raise children and, you know, more. And then the, the, the self-esteem movement, which was a, a farce and as no question has done more harm than good. As I tell parents who say to me, or soon-to-be parents, who ask me for advice on raising children, I go, I basically say, self-control is far more important than self-esteem. Because you have to earn self-esteem. So, look, in life, the middle road is by far the hardest one to travel. Too much love, too little love. It's the extreme is the by far the norm for the human being. Psychologically, politically, morally, People who are not at the extreme are are considered traitors to the cause, and this this is the norm in human life. So the question is, can you have a realistic view of yourself? The most obvious, interesting, is women's looks. There are so many good-looking women. And they don't know it. They don't know it when they're young. They don't know it in middle age. They, they don't know it. And I, I, I don't know what stops them. Maybe it's built into many women. 
part of the charm, by the way, uh, in a woman for a man is if she does think she's adorable, it, it actually helps make her more adorable, ironically. It, it, obviously, given that she is. An accurate assessment of yourself may be a very difficult thing. Maybe we're talking about something that is quite elusive in the human condition. To know, to know my, my worth and not to overblow myself into self-importance. It's a very good place to be, by the way, where you know, you know your worth and, and not more than that. One eight Prager seven seven six Happiness Hour. Hi everyone! If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call eight hundred seven zero two fifty four hundred. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, everybody. The Happiness Hour, every Friday, the second hour of the Dennis Prager Show. A reminder, I have a book on happiness called Happiness is a Serious Problem. It has affected a lot of people. I suggest you read it. I don't know why you would like the Happiness Hour and not read it, but that's a separate issue. I don't care even if you get a used copy. I'd like you to buy a new copy, but I'd rather you read a used copy than not read it. That's as honest as I can get, because it's honest. Today's topic is one I've never addressed. I've addressed the self-esteem movement and the pumping up of people's ego for no reason, having a disastrous effect even on their happiness, certainly on their moral nature. But this is also a very big problem, people who don't know their worth, their intelligence, their looks, their their personality, their contribution to others' lives. I mean, it's just so many arenas. So the question is raised, for example, with women's looks. How many how many attractive women don't know it? And it could be because of the way they were raised. It could be because of their nature, but it could also be because, well, social media were mentioned but it's not just social media. I mean, I think as soon as photography was invented, 
I've often thought that the average human being sees more extremely beautiful women in a day, or certainly in a week, than most people did in their lifetimes because of photography and then movies and then social media. And so women then compare themselves to uh, these women who, at their prime of beauty, perfect lighting, perfect clothing, perfect hairdo, perfect makeup, and it's a it's a big mistake. I've seen on the internet, I, I, I've seen it mentioned, I haven't actually, uh, no, no, I think I did go there once, not that I think of it, yeah. Some, some, you know, what is it called? Clickbait. A clickbait came up. See Hollywood stars with no makeup or something like that. Have you seen that, Sean? Yeah. So it, 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 every woman should see that. (laughs) It's it's absolutely uh, worth a visit. Okie dokie. Let's see here. Hudson, Wisconsin, and Maria. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Hi. So much for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I really appreciate your wisdom. Uh, a couple of years ago, you came out to Hudson. I, my husband and I brought you out. And, um, Thank you again. It was again. a memorable time. Yes. Um, I, my comment is people have low thoughts of themselves because they don't pray to a God who made them. They, they don't have a God that uh, made them in his amazing image, who's invisible, like you've told us from your books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that's a, a serious root cause. And the other thing that you've taught me is that if you don't do anything to accomplish, you're not going to have self-esteem just because you even look good or just because you can run fast. Yes. Listen, first of all, thank you again, Maria. It's great to hear from you. So, as all of you should know, I am a very big, I have a passionate commitment to truth. So, I have to analyze that. Do people who believe that they are created in God's image, do they have a higher sense of self-worth There are so many people I know who believe that, and yet it has not positively affected, or maybe it has, but not enough. And there are so many uh, people who don't believe that, who walk around thinking that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. So it's a very interesting question that you raised. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Happiness Hour, second hour every week. I have lamented the unearned self-esteem that so many people have. Just damaged them, damaged their relationships, damaged the moral fabric of society. 
but I am talking today about people who think too lowly of themselves. And there's got to be a happy medium. There is a happy medium. And it is to be honest. Which is tough, to be honest about oneself. I, I I have done good. I have touched lives. I do have this ability. I don't have that ability. I could be better. All of these... Are, are competing, it appears, with one another in the, the human brain. Okay, let's see here. Glendale, Arizona, and Suzanne, hello. Hello, sir. This is Suzanne. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, so I was calling to comment. Um, I was like classic middle child. It always reminds me of Fredo from The Godfather. I'm smart. I can do things. Um, so I was always told as a child that I wasn't the smartest one. My brother was really smart. but um, And uh, it took me a while to really grasp um, what I can do with my life. And uh, I know I'm good now. I know I'm smart and I do my job well. But there's always that little thing in the back of my mind that says, eh, maybe you're not that smart. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a difficult balance, you know, and my brother who was told that he was smart, uh, we're from an Italian family and he was the first born boy carrying on the family name. And he was always told that he was wonderful and great and God bless him. He works really hard and he is wonderful and great, but I'm good too. I feel. (laughs) I am curious. Uh, you mentioned it's an Italian family. So what, what does the Italian aspect have to do with this? What you said, that the firstborn boy is special? Yeah, he carries on the family name. Right, okay. Um, I think that so, was mostly So on the you said name. you were a middle child. Is your younger sibling yeah. a boy? No, uh, it's a girl, uh, a girl. And was she uh, as troubled by low self-esteem as you were? Um... I don't know. I don't think so, because um, she was the baby, you know? So they, um, okay, no. so you that's why you mentioned middle child, which is, I don't know how accurate yeah. it is. I, I, I'm i just saying, I, I've, um, heard, I've heard about it a great deal. So uh, that, they, they actually said to you, your brother is smarter than you? Yes because he always got really good grades in school. I was more of a CB student, because it always took me a little while longer than everybody else to get it. But once I got it, I got it. Are you um, married? And that's kind of... I am. I am. I'm happily married with three wonderful children. Sounds like it worked out. It did. I've been doing my job for 20 years, and if I'm not good at it right you know, now, by now... Yeah, well, I'm we won't tell your anymore. employer. Yeah, you, you've certainly fooled your employer for 20 years. Thank you. That that was that was a great call. I love I love how open you folks are with me. So it's interesting. My brother, my older brother, six years older, was far, 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 far more academically successful than me. He was valedictorian or salutatorian. He was he was the captain of the basketball team. He he was the president of, of the school general assembly, whatever it was called. He was the editor of the school newspaper. He was like perfect. He was a great athlete. I was none of those things. 
But it's interesting. My parents never said he was smarter. I didn't have to grapple with that. What they said was, you're not, uh, you don't get good grades because you're lazy. Uh, and they were right. <laughs> there was, there's no question about it. I, I had no desire to do schoolwork, and I didn't. But I was never told that. That is interesting. That, that might have been, that might have been a very, very big, uh, big deal. If your parents say you're not smart, or, or, or other things that, other negative things. Well, I mean, it's negative if they say you're lazy, but that's, that's a moral characteristic. That's not. Let's put it this way: if you're not smart. There's nothing you can do about it. If there's nothing, if they say you're not good looking, there's nothing you can do about it. If you're lazy, there is something you can do about it. So there's a very big difference in being criticized for an immutable characteristic or being criticized for a mutable characteristic. It's the immutable that, uh, that is most painful. I, I've told you the story. I'll tell it again, very briefly. I was very close to a woman, about 10 years younger than me, who worked for me for a number of years. I would say for me and with me, but it doesn't matter. And this was in the days when you could actually say complimentary things to a female without being arrested. So I, I once very, uh, actually very kindly sat there, and we, as I said, we were quite close. said, I want you to know, she was wearing a skirt at, at, at some event, and I said, you know, you have really nice legs. And as I, I've, I've recounted this often, she actually welled up in tears, which struck me, obviously, as odd. Why are you crying? I said, because my, uh, I don't believe you. My older brothers said that my Legs looked like tree stumps. That's why I added siblings, not just parents. That stayed with her. She really thought she had legs that looked like tree stumps. She had very attractive legs. So that's, that's that's a bad thing when that happens. I get it. All right, let's see here. Okay, well, we're coming to a break. We'll continue to have an accurate assessment of oneself. is apparently very difficult. Let Dennis be Dennis. I don't think Sean realizes how true Let Dennis Be Dennis has been in my life. It was the the life-saving attitude my parents finally adopted, and from that day, I've been happy. It's own subject that's fascinating. Hi, everybody. This is the hour you set the agenda. Whatever's on your <laughs> mind about you, about me, about life, about death, about fountain pens, audio equipment, photography, uh, cigars. Uh, the sexual behavior of aardvarks in Guatemala. 
That'll do it. That'll do it. That will do it. <laughs> Classical music. Yes, sir. Like, this man is running for president, and I got him to say that. Do you understand, <laughs> folks, my impact on people? <laughs> I can make the most serious person sound silly. Well, impact on people. I mean, you're talking about Larry Elder, without whom you, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be on radio. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't have run for a governor of California. So you've had a, a bit of an impact on Larry Elder's life, yes. If I have, thank you. If? Okay, that that I have. I thank you for noting, and I only always say to you, it was my contribution to America. Okay, just so to return. Well, you used to say it was your greatest contribution, and then until Prager University came along, and now you say those two are your greatest contributions. So I'm a, I'm a little jealous that I've been knocked off the throne a little bit, or I've got to share the throne with Prager U. <laughs> Larry Elder is running for president, and, and uh, I'm going to take your calls on every subject shortly, but this is... Uh, this is extremely serious. It does not matter. This is a, a very important point. It does not matter who you prefer be the Republican nominee. What is essential is to get Larry Elder on the debate stage, of the Republican debate stage. There is no one, I don't think in America, forget in the Republican Party, there is no one who can articulate certain issues as well as Larry can to have him up there will be will have a deep impact on everyone who hears the debate and uh, this is not I'm not through saying this to be complimentary to Larry I'm saying this because it is true so here's the story my friends and you'll fill in the details Larry mm-hmm. in fact fill in one detail immediately I always forget what is the minimum number of contributors to a campaign to qualify to go on that stage? 40,000 individual donors. And the amount is not important. The amount can be as small as $1. What's important is that they be 40,000 individuals, and I need 200 donors from 20 different states. That part we've already qualified for. I'm a little short of the 40,000, maybe I'm short of about 5,000. Given the power of your show and given your endorsement, at least for me getting up there on the debate stage, I'm confident by the end of this show, certainly by the end of the day, I'll be, I'll be at four, that additional So 5, you have in your power, my dear listeners, to ensure that Larry Elder is on the debate stage. I have the chills when I say that. If, if I know that my listeners made it possible, yes. uh, I... I'm, I'm telling you, I'm all chilled over, Larry. Partially, the room is 68 yeah, degrees. It's a little, yeah. little chilly in here. You I was going to yeah. complain about that. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My ice cream isn't even melting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but aside from climate, uh, it is true. So what, where do they go to give a, a dollar or a, or $100,000? Right. A dollar does it. A dollar does it. Go to LarryElder.com. Again, as little as $1. Uh, and Dennis... Uh, Let me just make a little complaint about our friends over at Fox News. Uh, I'm on Fox News fairly often, but I tell you who's on Fox News almost all the time. Mm -hmm. Vivek Ramaswamy. Mm -hmm. I cut on Fox Business. Vivek is there. I cut on Fox in the afternoon. Vivek is there. This morning, Vivek is there. I have no problem with him being there. He's a young, talented guy who's got uh, very interesting ideas and a very very passionate speaker. However, I have been in Iowa 30 days this year. I've been in New Hampshire eight days. And Vivek and I have been on the same podium speaking the same day three or four times especially the most important one, which was a GOP Iowa Lincoln Day dinner where 13 candidates spoke, including Donald Trump. Three of us got standing ovations, Donald Trump, Vivek, and me. 
The other two times I've spoken with Vivek, Trump wasn't there. He and I both got standing ovations. The reaction to both our speeches is equally passionate. For some reason, however, Fox News has him on far more than they have me on. Why do you think on. that is? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and more importantly, this morning, Dennis, big article in Fox News about the so-called outsiders, meaning those who are on the bubble about making the debate, and I'm one of them. Paragraph or two about each of us, and it said this about me, Dennis. This is Fox News. Larry Elder is dynamic, talking about issues people care about. He's thought about them. He's very thoughtful and very talented guy. However, he is a full-time broadcaster who still has a full-time job and has not yet made a commitment to run full-time for That's president just not true. and does not spend very much time at all in the early primary states. Are you kidding me? I quit my show on April 20th. I do this full-time. I quit my syndicated column. As you know, I've had a syndicated column since April of 1998, 100 different outlets. I quit that. I quit radio. I quit TV. I've been in Iowa 30 times this year, New Hampshire eight times, and Fox News says I'm a full-time broadcaster and I'm handicapped because I won't quit my job. Are you kidding me? I thought it was Fox News. Is anybody doing any news over there? here, Here is my theory. And, and obviously, please react. I I really don't believe it was animus against you. Oh, I don't think I so. I believe it's incompetence. Mm-hmm. The lack of commitment to accuracy in the media is frightening. They don't. They they yeah. they just wrote it down. Yeah. No, I, no, I had no no inkling that it was animus because I was on Brett Baer a couple of days ago, and he referred to me as spending a lot of time in Iowa, stomping in Iowa. So clearly not everybody feels that way. I don't know who wrote it, but for crying out loud. Yeah, no, uh, look. I, 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 <laughs> really? There, there is uh, – PragerU has been attacked by the Washington Post, New York Times, Vanity Fair today uh, because Florida is using uh, – is allowing teachers to use PragerU videos. Right. So one of the biggest outlets, I just don't remember, I can't keep it in, in my memory, there are so many, they just make up lies. They said, the PragerU video on slavery denies that slavery was the major cause of the Civil War. The oh entire God. video, is <laughs> the whole thesis is slavery was the cause of the Civil War. You know, I was just on a show called Charlemagne the God. He's the guy whose whole show Joe Biden came on, and he told – Joe Biden told Charlemagne the guy, you, quote, ain't really black, close quote, if you don't know whether or not you want to vote for me or vote for Donald Trump. I'm on that guy's show. I was supposed to be on for a half hour. I was on for an hour and six minutes. And the level of ignorance is breathtaking. It was three against one, and I'm pointing out this, pointing out that. Had no clue. And he tried to uh, attack Republicans in Florida for, quote, saying there were good things about slavery. It's one line in a 127-page course, the same line, by the way, uh, that was the uh, advanced placement African-American course that DeSantis did not like. Same exact line. Nobody had a problem with it then, but now it's in the courses that Florida has agreed to, to use, and all of a sudden it's endorsing slavery. And I said, this is a party, Democratic Party, party of slavery, party of Jim Crow. The party that founded the KKK, the party of Dred Scott, the party of the Southern Manifesto, the party that voted less for the Civil Rights Act of 64 than did Democrats, the party that has... With you the mean welfare, did Republicans? Then Republicans, sorry. The party uh, that has, um, with the welfare state, destroyed the nuclear intact family, the party that opposes school choice, and they have the nerve to lecture us about things like slavery? 
I mean, the Democratic Party has done a marvelous job in brainwashing people and convincing them that they, uh, in the war on social justice and inequity, whatever that means, wear the white hat, and our side wears the black hat. Stunning. By the way, are you even allowed to say white hat and black hat anymore? <laughs> well, you heard what Donald Trump said. Donald Trump said that uh, in Georgia, uh, they, they were election riggers. And he was criticized for using the word rigor by Al Sharpton because it, it rhymes with, with you know what. Al Sharpton is the guy that referred to the then black mayor of New York as an N-word whore. Uh, Al Sharpton is the guy, of course, who made his bones by falsely accusing a white man of raping Tawana Brawley. Al Sharpton was in the midst of the 1991 Crown Heights riots that one Jewish leader in New York referred to as the most serious pogrom in the history of America. And we're getting a lecture on civility from Al Sharpton. Stunning. That's why you have to have Larry Elder on the debate stage. That's exactly right. So, folks, even if it's just a dollar, he needs numbers of people, not numbers of dollars right now, to get on that debate stage. Once he's on the stage, the dollars will flow. But that's, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to get this voice up there. So, again, LarryElder.com. LarryElder.com. And, Dennis, I've written a book about... The one-party state known as California is called As Goes California. My mission to rescue the Golden State and save the nation, it's available on Amazon.com or on Barnes & Noble. Uh, and get me up there. And I'm going to talk about the number one problem facing America domestically, which is the epidemic of fatherlessness that nobody, including Mr. Trump, uh, is talking about. That's right. Nobody. But he is. LarryElder.com. In the next hour, we could put him on that stage. That's right. That's that's in your hands, my dear listeners. And then game on, hold my beer. And I don't drink beer. Dennis doesn't drink at all. Game on, hold my Although beer. Although you did have two sips of wine one time the last time we had dinner. Yes. I was stunned. I know. I and, was stunned. And, and, uh, and, I, and I even drove home. Yeah. You're able to somehow manage God yourself. God bless you, yeah. Larry. Yes. LarryElder.com. Dennis Prager here. What's on your mind? That is the issue. Jeffrey in Huntington Beach, California. Hello. Hello, Dennis. It's nice talking to you. And you haven't even talked to me yet, and you've said it. I'm very touched. (laughs) Okay, that's true. Hey, I was just curious about, uh, I've never caught the name or author of the book that you're currently reading on the Russian Civil War. It's called Russia, and it's by Anthony, not Anthony, Anthony, A-N-T-O-N-Y, Beaver, B-E-E-V-O-R. He's a major British historian, and you should only read the book uh, if you are prepared to cry. I do that with a lot of books. Then you're my man. (laughs) What the... The two sides, it's making me think a lot. I always think about the big picture. The two sides, the, the Bolsheviks and what were called the whites, they were both so vicious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have a Russian Orthodox spokesman on the show. I mean... The, the atrocities committed by both sides were so horrific that you, you wondered, did, did the Russian Orthodox Church have a moral impact on the Russian people? 
I certainly, I hope the answer is yes, but I, when I, you know, when you know about the staggering amount of rape of German women by Soviet soldiers, I mean, this is, this was not exceptional, like the, the My Lai massacre in the Vietnam War, you, almost every war has some terrible, terrible events, but when they're the norm. And I contrasted with the U.S. Civil War. The, the, there was the horrible treatment of Union soldiers at Anderson, Andersonville. But, again, that was an aberration. You didn't have mass rape and torture in the U.S. Civil War, but you did in the Russian Civil War. And these are questions, since I'm preoccupied with goodness and evil, therefore, why did you have so much more of the evil in their civil war? So I have to, some, I have to talk to somebody about that. I, I don't know the answer. Okay, on to more of your calls. And Cheryl in Phoenix, Arizona, hello. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Nice to talk to you as well. I've met you a couple of times. My daughter's met you a couple of times. Um, fantastic uh, having you as a role model for her. Thank you. To hear someone with such, with such, such common sense when she doesn't hear that in the classroom. But um, don't want to take up a lot of your time. Um, I just had two things I wanted to say. Um, being new to the mental health thing, uh, merry-go-round, I like to think about it as, um, it just drives me crazy. And I don't really have a question. I guess I'm just rambling, but rambling out loud. It just drives me crazy that it's, we're running on this treadmill. Everyone, everyone is saying, oh, all these mental health issues are happening with our children. Go to a professional. Well, the professionals really aren't doing anything, but, well, if they're in some type of therapy, I don't know what they're saying. And, um, you know, when you hear of what they're saying, it's very questionable. So, you know, you're, as a parent, you're afraid to put your child in a room by themselves with this person, which we all know. That's right. That's a very, very, yes. Uh, Thank you. You're right. I'm sorry. The left has has ruined psychotherapy like it's ruined everything else. The, I'm shaking my head because I am aware of the damage that so many therapists have done. I have asked therapists on my show, what percentage of your colleagues is competent? And the general answer has been 20 to 25%. Three out of four, every therapist I've had on the show. Now, obviously, these therapists that I've had, philosophically, are, are kindred spirits. I fully acknowledge that. But they that's their assessment of their colleagues. The corruption of the mental health profession is very, very old. Was it a thousand or more psychiatrists said that Barry Goldwater was mentally unfit to be president? They psychoanalyzed him, having never met him. The psychiatric profession has been a disgrace for all of my lifetime. There are some terrific psychiatrists. 
Absolutely. The only repeated guest on the Happiness Hour has been a psychiatrist, Dr. Stephen Marmer. But he would be the first to, to lament the, 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 the state of psychiatry, not to mention psychology. I would be very afraid, blindly, in other words, not knowing, not having had experience with a therapist, leaving my children in any given therapist's hands. Yep, that's correct. This is unprecedented in America. We, we are afraid to leave our children with most teachers, with most therapists. What, what has not been corrupted? Really, tell me, what has not been corrupted? What institution? 877-243-7776. Newport, boop, boop, okay, well, I'll go there later. I was just given the half-minute note. What... What can you trust? Can you trust the FBI? Can you trust the CIA? Can you trust your school, college, high school? Elementary school is a Christian college Christian. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a new America, and it's not a better one. So during August, fundraising month, I feature some young person affiliated with PragerU. In most cases, I haven't had the uh, the opportunity of meeting them personally, and it would be great to be able to do so. Dylan Galvin is one such example. Dylan is a member of Prager Force. Hello, Dylan. Pleasure to uh, to, to meet you. Hello. It is uh, an honor meeting you too. Thank you very much. You uh, told me you're in San Antonio. Yes, sir, I am. Are, are you, What? how old are you? I am 15 years old. You're 15? Yes. That's it? Didn't you think yes. he'd say 22? Yeah, everybody here <laughs> is shocked. I mean, I'm seeing you, but you'll also sound mature. Are you mature? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I put you on the spot. It, it, it's no. you. you it, wow, uh, I'm taking it back. You're 15. So are you in high school or in, or homeschooled? Well, I am homeschooled, but yeah, I'm in 10th grade. Right. Yes, sir. By the way, with me, there are no buts with regard to homeschooled. It, the, the fact that you're that mature and that you have this this uh, happy countenance about you those are two characteristics of homeschooled kids why don't you make uh, an argument for just a moment before we get to prager you well how would you make an argument for parents to consider homeschooling their children okay i see so homeschooling is just a great way to grow your children and structure them on a firm foundation and especially now in public school there's a lot of things going on that make the their their kids unsure of themselves and make them um 
just not strong. And I believe that homeschooling is just such such a great thing because you basically kind of in in this in this place where you're looking from the outside. So do you, how, how do you know what's going on in high schools? Because there's a lot of bad stuff. You're right. How do you know that? Well, my parents are both in high school, and also I have a lot of friends that are in high school, and they, they just tell me what's going on, and I'm like, whoa, that's, that's way different from what's going on here. Answer the question that a lot of people have that you don't get to relate to people your age because you're homeschooled. Hmm. Well, could you explain that question first? Yeah, sure. I mean, they a lot of people fear, oh, my kid is going to be at home all day, won't meet other kids his age like he would at a regular school. How do you answer that? Okay. Well, there are a lot of social alternatives, I guess. Uh, I go to a place called Facet. It is a co-op, and it is for homeschooled uh, students. And there I, I talk to people all ages. I, I speak to uh, seven-year-olds and I speak to uh, like teachers and everyone in between so I have a really good I guess I develop social skills a lot better because I'm not in a specific grade where I, where I only speak to kids my age I also speak to people that are older than me younger than me and yes that is a great answer and I never thought of that it's such an interesting point because when you're at school, it was certainly true for me. So if, if I was a, you know, uh, you're 15, so I don't know, let's say, oh, you say 10th grade, exactly. So about uh, sophomore in high school, let's say. That's all I met. I, my whole world was 15-year-olds. Who met a 7-year-old? Who met a 70-year-old? I mean, except my grandfather, maybe. That was it. <laughs> really, that was it. This is such an interesting point, and that's abnormal. In history, kids related, by definition, to every age. So th that's another, and also you mentioned a co-op. People should not fear, if I homeschool my child, I have to teach my child every subject, or anything like that. Correct? That's not the case. Is that correct? Yes, that's definitely the case. Yes, yes. that's definitely correct. Yeah, okay, exactly. All right, we'll be back with Dylan a member of Prager Force. It go Prager Force goes from about his age to about twenty-five. And there are about twenty thousand members around the world. Speaking with a member of Prager Force, twenty thousand young people around the world. He's in San Antonio, he's 15 years old, and he, he's a member. How did you discover uh, Dylan Galvin? How did you, how, how did you discover PragerU? Well, my sister, which you actually interviewed on the show before, uh, intru introduced me to Prager Force when I was about 14. Oh, so that's only a year ago. Yes. So what did she do? Did she have you watch a video? How, how did she do it? Well, I, I believe that she was uh, involved with Prager Force for a while, like so, uh, uh, being yeah being present in the Zoom calls, joining the Zoom calls, and uh, she told me about it. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? It seems like a good place to meet people with the same views as you, to meet people with different views as you, and so I joined as soon as I as I could, and definitely didn't regret regret it. So your introduction was through Prager Force, not through the videos. 
Um, yes, not necessarily, but Prager, Prager, I already I was always a fan of PragerU. I wasn't aware there was like a like a an organization. Everything like Prager. Oh, oh, see, that's yeah. great. So I'll ask you a question that I ask and that you don't expect. I assume. Do you have a favorite PragerU video? So um, I've actually been, yes, I've been watching PragerU for a while now, and out of all my favorite videos, my favorite one was The Fallen Soldier by Jocko, and that one just really stood out to me because I believe that soldiers are very underappreciated, and my father was actually is actually a veteran, and he's definitely witnessed the sacrifice that a lot of these soldiers make. Do you know that in the probably by now, let's say, I would say it, I've asked this probably 50 times. Every time I get a different answer. And I love that. I love that fact. It shows how many have made a deep impression. Well, keep doing what you're doing, Dylan. I think you have a very bright future. Yes, sir. I I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Good luck to you. And thank your parents for homeschooling you. So, folks... uh, the benefit to young people like having other kindred spirits around the world is immeasurable. Please donate to PragerU.com. This is fundraising month. We go back to your calls. And where was I going to go? Newport Beach, California, and Gilbert. Hello. Uh, hello, Dennis. I'm a regular listener, and I have been for about five years. And I'm a big admirer of both your intellect and your strong moral character. And I very seldom disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And when I do, I assume I'm probably wrong. But that's, nevertheless, I'll <laughs> that's tell you. sweet. I do that with some people. Go ahead. In other words, yeah, I, I feel I, that about some others. If, if, if I differ with them, I think, why am I wrong? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that's exactly where, where I am. But anyway, uh, I guess I, I disagree with you about the uh, 2020 presidential mm-hmm. election. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that the Democrats stole it. Mm-hmm. And the principal basis, for my opinion, is uh, Dinesh D'Souza's wonderful movie, 2,000 Mules, which, of course, you know you're in. And uh, all I can say is I must I, I can't find any flaws in D'Souza's analysis. Now, maybe you can. If you can, I, I would love to hear what you feel about that because I feel like he's, it's game, set, and match. He, he proves mm-hmm. his case that the election was stolen. So... My position from the beginning, uh, and obviously you, you see in the film, my own reaction to Dinesh's evidence was strong. Uh, I have felt from the beginning that they cheated. I have felt from the beginning that if the Democrats could steal an election with totally clear consciences, they would, because how could you allow a fascist, which is what they deem Donald Trump, to win? It's morally wrong to allow a fascist to win an election. So they could justify, and as they have always justified, their their fraud in elections. The question is not whether there was fraud. The question whether it was determinative. And that, I, I, I think anyone who says they're certain it was honestly decided uh, is unaware of, of all the evidence on the other hand, I can't say I know f- as a fact that the election was thrown uh, in favor of Joe Biden. Uh, I know for a fact that there was cheating. So that's that's where I stand, and I wish 
that Democrats were open to an open analysis. They're not. If you merely question, you are uh, anti-democracy. Just as if you question them, you're involved in misinformation. Not a different view, misinformation. So does, does that uh, in any way answer your question? Yeah, I, I think I, I agree in general terms with your position. I just feel like D'Souza goes farther than you do, and uh, I, c- I couldn't figure out where he's wrong. I mean, right. it just that, seemed that, like... Just- yes, that's fair. I, I understand, because if the numbers... He's not wrong in what he videoed. If the numbers add up to that many people uh, dropping ballots when when and, and looks very suspicious, then it would seem uh, to be dispositive. I understand your argument. I uh, I I should always uh, note that the courts refused to hear the evidence. So how are we supposed to find out when there's evidence of cheating whether there was actual cheating? I, I that's what I meant by they're not open to having to having this. I uh, anyway I hear you and I, I I understand what you're saying about the Dinesh's fine film. It's a it's a tough call. I wish, but it won't happen. I wish there could be a fair hearing in a courtroom, evidence pro and evidence con, as to the honesty of the last election. When you have the means, when you have the desire, when you have changed vast numbers of rules in the name of COVID or whatever other name, all of those, and then to... For somebody to say, gee, I, th- I think there might have been cheating, and you're considered a-, a kook. When you have motive and you have ability, you have opportunity, that's a pretty powerful combination. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.